Here is episode one of my brand new show, Live and Linking. So what I'm doing is talking to people about their lives and what they do on LinkedIn. And as an extra bonus, I will answer any questions that you have about LinkedIn. So if my guests have a question about LinkedIn, we're going to go and we're going to investigate that. But my very first show was with Mr. LinkedIn himself, John Esperian, the relentlessly helpful LinkedIn nerd. What a top bloke. What a really, really generous guy he is with his time. You don't know this, but John actually drove a five-hour round trip to come to my book launch. That's what a kind guy he is. But he runs this amazing uh, community where he helps people relentlessly with their LinkedIn. So we can find all kinds of things going on in there. And he's launching a new show, uh, Uplift Live, and we talk about that in the show as well. But just come on in and enjoy the chat that I have with John today, live and link in with John Esperian. Good afternoon. Here we are. This is my brand new live show. And I've got the one and only John Esperian joining me. Hello, John. How are you? Hello, Ashley. Lovely to see you on YouTube. Yeah, delighted to be here for episode one of this. And um, thanks for inviting me. Oh, look, if you're going to have a show all about LinkedIn, who do you call? Hey, <laughs> Ghostbusters couldn't make it. But how about the relentlessly helpful LinkedIn nerd? How how did you get that name, John? Fab. Thank you. Um, yeah, just a, some random stroke of luck when I was being asked an unscheduled question at a conference. How are you going to stay relevant? And I said, I'm going to make relentlessly helpful content. That was and, it. That and, moment and, stuck and with that, me. And that was seven years ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Look, you are like Ron Seal. Okay. It says it on the tin and you jolly well are in real life. And we've already got some comments coming in. So that means people are actually watching on YouTube. How cool is that? Or no? No, they're on your LinkedIn. <laughs> hey, that's you're hilarious. welcome. Wherever you're watching LinkedIn, YouTube, it's all good. Yeah. So, John, for those people, because there might be one or two that don't know you, tell us who you are, what you do, please. Yeah, I'm John Esperian. I call myself a relentless, relentlessly helpful LinkedIn nerd. I am a LinkedIn consultant and trainer, and I run my own community here as well. But um, my background was software and hardware testing, and then I was a copywriter for more than a decade, and I kind of took those testing and explanatory skills over to trying to work out how LinkedIn works. And that's what I'm best known for now. Um, I've written a book too called Content DNA. And um, yeah, I like trying to help people just get a better, better results on LinkedIn. That's me. Yeah. And I've just disappeared. You're searching gone, for it. There it is. I've gone to, I've gone to get it. I, I, did I tell you about this? Can you see? It, <laughs> okay. it, my, my grandson put it in the pool. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> he put it in the pool so i'll never forget that but yeah absolutely fantastic book uh let's say hello to those lovely people that are watching but first off i'm going to give a shout out to cashew marketing because they are actually watching in on youtube oh, nice. uh, we've got sebastian uh, we've got uh, uh ashling um and uh yeah oh, it popped up on your feed so that's good um okay. yeah so i'm going out on on youtube because mm. i'm a little bit worried about the LinkedIn police, because there's a few things happening at the moment on, on LinkedIn. You can't do this and you can't do that and stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure whether we can talk about any of that today. Um, some of it's in the public domain, some of it isn't. But I don't want to, I want this show to be all about helping people um, with LinkedIn. So if anyone's got any LinkedIn questions, then drop them in the, drop them in the chat, because that's the sort of thing we're going to do towards the end of the show. But because we've got you, John, there isn't anything you don't know about LinkedIn, is there? Oh, gosh, I, I definitely wouldn't say that. 
that this is such a massive animal that that you really could sit there all day and talk about it and and not be done um and there are lots of bits of it that i don't touch at all you know i don't if you ask me about linkedin advertising i ain't going to tell you a damn thing i haven't got a clue um you know sales navigator linkedin recruiter there, there are sides of linkedin that i just don't touch at all um my my, my angle is more about conversations and and compelling content hopefully so you know things like profiles and the way you write posts and the way you interact with people in comments and dms all of that stuff basically all the stuff you can do for free yeah and that's i think that's I'm more interested in and, but but that's the thing right so so you, you started off as an engineer so you've got and i guess that's why you call yourself nerd well yeah i mean i was you know i was a mental arithmetic champion back in school it, uh, yes oh wow oh me. that's some oh, that's another tangent i'm not going down that hole i'm not going down that hole today but look when i when, when we when we're at um uplift life we can have a chat about that because that's that's incredible but but see the thing is you know the ins and outs of it because you you, you test things and, and stuff like that and so some of the things that you're doing and sharing with your community and you have to tell us all about the community is there still yeah. places is, can, can we still let people in you absolutely can yeah espresso plus it's called so if you uh if you have a look up look me up on my linkedin profile you'll quickly find a link to espresso plus and you can find out all about the community but um yeah that testing side is really important to me because i'm always i've always been that kind of evidence-based guy and i i see a lot of people on linkedin probably on other social platforms as well just almost shooting into the breeze and coming up with ideas and then trying to assert those as facts and it, whenever you dig very few people have got the data you know like i've run an experiment and here here are the results that's great but most people are like oh i heard from so and so that so and so is happening well maybe it is maybe it isn't but we'll never know unless we test it so i've always got that kind of mind of a scientist to say is it right to you know put links in posts or to post twice a day you know got to go and test these things and see what works and even then I always say, like, if something works for me, great. It doesn't mean it'll work for you. It might be the complete opposite for you. And and that's the thing. One of the biggest questions I get asked uh, on my training courses or when I talk with people is, when is the best time to post? So and now you've got a mouthful of coffee. I was going to throw that back straight at you, John. Yeah. Well, uh, again, the answer come back, comes back to test and learn what works for you and what works for your audience. I think the trend that we've seen in the last 18 months or so is probably that the initial time after you post isn't as important for the overall health of that post as it used to be. So it used to be the case that if you posted and it wasn't a great time for your audience for engagement, then that post probably wouldn't do that well. Uh, these days, it doesn't really matter as much. So what I would say to people is post at a time that actually suits you. And if you can't do that, use the scheduling tools to post because you can post pretty much every type of content through a scheduling tool now. And there's there's no penalty for doing that. Um, and to keep the, the, the conversation going as much as you can in the comments. Um, but I don't think there is an ideal time to post. I, I found my own data over the last six years has shown that weekends have been my best time to post. And it's only very, very recently that uh, Wednesdays has started to work out best for me. But that's just, again, that's just me. Yeah, yeah. So try it, try it yourself is the answer and, and look at your own data and then make your, make your decisions based on that.
Yeah, absolutely. Great, great answer. Uh, we've got um, Tim's watching on YouTube. Hi, Tim. And Assigned Citrus. What a great name. Um, <laughs> it is Citrus. Right. We've got a question here from Ashling. How do you get the link to your diary on your header when you comment on posts? Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a premium feature, isn't it, John? It is. Yes. If you have premium business, which is the more expensive of the two premium options, then you have the chance to add a premium custom button via the top card of your LinkedIn profile. And when you add that, that button appears in the top card of your profile. It appears in search results. It appears when you DM people and it appears when people are scrolling the feed and see one of your posts. So it's a very visible thing, and it appears on what I would call multiple surfaces of LinkedIn. So I think it's a powerful feature, but you've got to pay for premium business to get it. So if that's the only reason you want it, because premium business is not cheap, um, the business model is whatever price you start paying at, you, you're kind of you're stuck at that price forever, which is great. But if you're that's joining confusing. right now, uh, it's probably 50 or 60 pounds a month. It's it's not cheap at all for the average person. I thought it was, I thought it was 35. I think it, for premium business, it's a lot more than that. I right. Think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you go, Ashley. There's a great way to do it, but like you say, darn, you can't do it. Now I wonder what time it is in um, Texas, John. Yeah. Five hours difference. So, so it's Ke 7 Kevin, in the morning. Ke Kevin's up bright and early. So yeah. good morning, Kevin. I hope you enjoyed your first, hours, your first yeah. coffee. Um, so you said we could talk about LinkedIn all day, right? You've got something coming up where we can talk about LinkedIn all day. <laughs> we will be talking about LinkedIn all day. Yes, we've got Uplift Live, uh, which is a day-long conference um, in Birmingham, which is the second city in the UK. So that's on the 21st of March. And LinkedIn don't run their own conferences. And I, and I thought, having been to lots no, of other... Nowhere, nowhere at all? No, not, well, nothing that I've been able to find anyway. Wow. Um, I thought all, I thought all the big software companies had conferences. No, you'd think so, like wouldn't you? So yeah. just having been to lots of conferences myself, I found that LinkedIn often either isn't mentioned at all because it's not really seen as a social media thing, or if it is mentioned, it's mentioned in such a superficial way that it's people saying, you know, make sure you've got a profile photo and answer all your comments, and, and that's about it. And there's no depth to that. So I thought we'd put together something. So I've got together with a couple of members of the Espresso Plus community, Jeremy and Gus, and we're putting on a, a day-long event to uh, to talk about the, the the deeper sides of the platform and how you can really get the best from it. And, you know, the, the aim is for everyone to go away with some actionable stuff to improve your business. So that's in less than two months. And um, it's the first rodeo for us. We, we've never organized an event like this. So we'll see how it, well it does. But we've uh, we've already issued more than 150 tickets. So um, it'll wow. be uh, full of buzz, I hope. I, I was actually talking to somebody yesterday, reached reach out and sort of like want, wanted a, a quick chat with me. And so I, I, I was helping her with some LinkedIn strategy. And she said, oh, I'm coming to Uplift Live. She was from in America. Yeah, John, we've got people from America. Um, so, Jeremy, you're watching. If you can put the link in so people can just click on it. But I've got, I've actually got the link here um, in my banners somewhere. There it is. So if it's, it's upliftlive.com. Okay. Uh, the tickets are 279 John? 
today and tomorrow they are. It goes yep. up on the 1st of February, so I'm encouraging right. as many what people I, as possible what if, to... I, what if I tell you you can get 40 quid off? Yeah, even better. Because if you use this go. code, if you use this code ASH40, then you will be able to um, come and join us and um, you get 40 quid off. So uh, that's that's cool. Um, so you've got some amazing guests, haven't you? We have. I mean, I, I can't believe that basically everyone we asked to speak said yes. And they, they, that was a fantasy list for us. But yeah, they, they all wanted to get on board. So um, we've got people coming from the UK, but also from abroad. So we've got Louise Brogan, who is a really, really well-known person in I Northern Ireland. I cannot wait to meet Louise. She is brilliant, isn't she? Yeah, she's going to talk about company pages. We've got Kevin D. Turner, who's already been in the chat, and he's coming let's, over let's from give him, Let's give him another shout-out. I'm looking forward <laughs> to having a selfie with Kevin D. Yeah, I mean, he he legitimately must know LinkedIn better than anyone else on the planet, I think. He's just all over everything. He's incredible. Um, we've got another uh, person coming from America, from even further away. Uh, Julian Whitney's coming from Las Vegas to talk about live streaming on LinkedIn. Um, closer to home, we've got Nigel Cliff from the north of England. And yep. He's going to be talking about uh, advanced searching. Uh, we've got Tina Jarvet, who's coming over from Belgium. Uh, we've got Mark Williams. Uh, who's Mr. LinkedIn, got a really notable podcast and knows pretty much everything there is to know about LinkedIn as well. And um, and Richard van der Blom, who's, who's really well known for his insights about social selling and, and how the LinkedIn algorithm works, and 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 me. And so we're all going to be talking. We're also going to have... And Jeremy and, and Gus will be there well, as well. Yes, of course. Yeah. You know, we've got those, so many great people who are going to be there. And we're going to have a little Q&A at the end so that people can just fire you know, their questions at us live. And uh, hopefully we can show that we know a thing or two. But it's not, it's not only that, it's actually getting to meet all these people that you keep yeah. seeing on, on the platform all the time. So, look, there we go. Um, Kim, it, it, I can give her a name away now. Kim Johnson, all the way from, the, from, from New York City. She is definitely coming. So she's up bright and early as well. Um, Kim, what time is it there? Um, yeah, but definitely looking forward to you. Um, and you've got a gallery of actually who's coming. So if you go there, that's a great link. Uh, Jer- Jeremy is doing an amazing job in the background. <laughs> Very kind That's of him. Amazing. Yeah, we, we made that gallery because I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I, I've been to other events where you, you walk in and you you don't actually know anyone. Mm. And then maybe they're all all in the little groups and and it's like, oh, I, 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 don't, I don't know who to speak to or what to say. So um, just, just seeing who else is going to be there and also we're having some networking calls beforehand as well so that people can walk in on the day and go i recognize you we've talked on zoom i recognize you i recognize you so we've got another one of those coming up on the 22nd of february right i better uh, make sure i can get to that one well it'd be lovely to see you there if you can uh, because they've been we've had three of them already and they've gone really really well now it's it's, you you go to a conference and it's like oh i want to see this this and this but you're sort of like oh i don't know anybody i'm a little bit you know and i think i think this is going to be one of those conferences that that you can go on your own you can travel like kim all the way from new york city um and and you're you're going to know a load of people straight away um john we've got another question here uh simon ward is asking how does linkedin respond to ai generated posts and contents uh, I sometimes AI for research, but not for authoring my content. Am I missing a trick? That's a great question, Simon. Yeah, well, I think all the signs seem to point to LinkedIn and their parent company, Microsoft, being all in on AI. You know, more and more AI is appearing on LinkedIn all the time. So how would you square that with LinkedIn being averse to AI generated content being in posts? That doesn't make any sense. 
Now, I don't favor that myself, and I don't use AI to generate any of my content. But there will come a point where, you know, AI systems can be trained on all of your past posts and all of your past blogs and stuff. And you could say maybe, look, I've written 100 posts, read these, and then say it in the way that I would about topic X. And it'd be very hard for anyone else to look at that and go, well, did Simon really do that? Or is that a bot? And if you can't tell the difference, then maybe it doesn't matter so much. But I don't think LinkedIn would be clever enough to go, that looks AI generated and we're going to downplay it. But I, I don't think they'd want to downplay it anyway because, you know, their collaborative articles experiment, which personally I don't think has been a, a win for members, but all of that is, you know, seeded by AI content and then added to by humans. They seem more than happy to to promote that kind of thing. So I, I don't think there would be any kind of penalty or or any negative associated with it. I think the real negative is if people can tell this was generated by a robot, they're just they're going to switch off and scroll on. So yeah. that's the risk. Yeah, and, and and I think you can tell them at the moment, but as 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 they're as they're changing, you you can. You, I do agree with you. If you've got a load of content that you've written, you know you've written a book, so mm. you could just you could just grab hold of that book and put it into uh, an AI machine and and spit other stuff out. Yeah, interesting. A, interesting. There's, a, going there's a fascinating experiment for me one day is to feed the whole of my book into AI and then say write an extra chapter and then show that to someone who didn't know me and say which chapter was written by AI and see if they can mm. work. That. No, interesting, interesting. Oh dear, John, so, bet Bob is asking if we're promotional or about LinkedIn. We, we, no. we will answer any questions, Bob. So uh, yeah, we, but we just wanted to let people know about the the, the Uplift Live because it's it's gonna be brilliant. And like you said, John, it's the first of its kind in the UK. It is, yeah. It's a it's going to be the event where we really dig deep into you know, LinkedIn best practice. So if that's what you want to learn, come along. But um, Regardless of that, if you have any questions about LinkedIn, you know, Ashley knows a lot. I've been on this platform ages. I know a lot. I'm more than happy to answer any questions you might have. So let's 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 crack on and get them answered. I've I've got one here, John. I've been writing posts and I've been getting, you know, loads and loads of impressions because people are looking at all of my posts. And at the moment, they're tanking, John. Why is that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of other people in Espresso Plus have been saying the same recently, is that the numbers are going down. Well, Maybe that's a reflection of the fact that LinkedIn now has more than a billion members and more and more people who are coming to the platform are likely to have been creators on another platform first and therefore the proportion of people making content is going up. The number of ads isn't coming down and that means that there's less and less space in the inventory of the feed to, to fit everyone's content in. There just isn't enough space to get everyone's stuff in and therefore the numbers go down. That said, just in the last couple of days, people are reporting some very, very weird low numbers, like lower impressions than you've got likes, for example, which isn't possible because there's no way someone could have liked something without seeing it. So we know that those numbers are wrong. And LinkedIn does this from time to time. They have these glitches where just things don't work. Screens don't load, numbers aren't reported correctly, and eventually it writes itself. So there might be a combination of things going on, of, of a bit of misreporting. But what I say to anyone who's worrying about those numbers is worrying about the numbers is the wrong thing to worry about. What you need to do is maximize your conversations. So if you're still having plenty of public conversations in the, in the comments, plenty of 
private conversations in the DMs, that's the thing that's going to get you remembered ultimately. And that's the thing that's going to get you business. So if you focus on that, then whatever the public numbers are saying doesn't really matter because your business is going to come from the conversations. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Or it may just be, it may just be that people are observing dry January for socials, mm-hmm. which is what Jeremy's just said. Uh, it looks yeah. like he's picking up again in the last couple of weeks. And I guess um, Christmas, people have not been on the platform so much, so that might be another reason. Um, but like you say, it's it's not it's not about the the numbers. It's about the conversations that we're still having. And although my my impressions have gone down, the conversations that I'm having is still you know pretty pretty similar. So getting an awful lot of comments and people you know, saying things and getting yeah. involved in the conversation, which which is great. Um, Kim has got up specially early because she's got a, a burning question to ask you. Are there any benefits in the top voice profile tag for contributing to collaborative articles other than the badge for folks to see? No, th- there's no evidence that having the orange community top voice badge increases your visibility. Um, it doesn't appear in multiple surfaces it's uh, it doesn't give you a boost to any of your existing posts and it's not even permanent. You know, if you don't keep contributing, you might lose your badge after 60 days. So I think it's the wrong kind of thing to chase. If you're trying to appeal to people who are just very rarely active on LinkedIn, it could be seen as a badge of honor and people might go, oh, this person must know what they're talking about. But if you have spent some time on the profile on the, on the platform, you will know that it's not actually that hard to get one of those badges. And therefore, it it doesn't really confer the same level of authority as the original, for example, the blue LinkedIn uh, top voice influencer program badge uh, does confer, you know, that that, that extra level of prestige. Um, So no, I, I wouldn't prioritize that. And the time that you spend commenting on LinkedIn's AI generated articles to get that badge, that would be better spent engaging in more conversations on your own posts and other posts that people are trying to influence because that's what's going to actually get you the business. So I'd, I'd spend your time there. Great advice. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? So, oh, you get a little badge, but what is the badge actually going to do for you? So yeah. uh, um, Bob's got a great question. Uh, of all the functions, which, uh, which case works, I would say live, then hunt groups to drive marketing and then the address book. What's your view? Um, I think groups are underrated, but probably mostly because there are so many bad ones. You know, there's so many ghost towns and spam fests going on. Um, For me, the the process is always about trying to get more comments so that you can generate more private conversations. So that's my number one route for getting business on LinkedIn, getting people into my community generally buying stuff from me that that is the route so i'd always go for that if you can find relevant groups where people are active then then getting known in those groups could be really useful even if there's only like 100 or 200 people in there if if you can be that big fish in a small pond there's a lot of because there's a lot of referral potential there Mm. you don't have to actually service 10,000 20,000 people you can't actually work with that many clients anyway. So, so finding good groups is, is, is a, is a really valuable thing. Um, as for address book, that to me speaks of someone who might be doing a little bit of cold outreach to, 
to try and warm up people you might have been in contact with a, a, a while ago. I, I, I don't really favor that approach. I like the content marketing approach, which is put out as much helpful stuff as you can about something you know about so that a proportion of people who read it ultimately go, that free stuff was good. Um, how, do, how do we work closer with this person? Yeah. And, and you can do stuff to support that, like publishing books and doing live stream series and all, you know stuff that is very low cost or free as a way of kind of building trust and, and bringing people to you rather than reaching out and kind of going, please work with me. I, 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 I don't like that really. It, it smells of desperation as well. Don't you think yeah, it does a bit? Yeah. Um, so John, when, when you're talking to people about social media, mm -hmm. um, we, we, we do LinkedIn, obviously. Do you encourage people to do, other platforms as well or or is it best to just go deep in one I, I generally favor going deep in one because it's really hard to be good in multiple places i mean it's hard to be good in one place let alone multiple places um and if, if you think of the the very best exponents of anything they're always in a niche you know the world's best footballer isn't also also the world's best tennis player just ain't gonna happen yeah um so so i i try and focus on one place I always try and leave a bit of slack so that in your schedule so that you can dabble on other spaces because you never know whether maybe Instagram is the perfect place for you. Maybe TikTok is the perfect place. And if you really did go truly all in and just black out everything else, A, that's a big risk. And B, you, you know, you're, you're not open to other new ideas of, of new ways that you could do your content and so forth. So I try and spend about 90% of my social media time on LinkedIn and about 10% dabbling elsewhere. And that's basically threads and TikTok for me. Um, it's definitely a risk to go all in in one space if that space is something you don't own. And we've kind of seen that recently, and you touched on it right at the top of the show, which is, you know, if LinkedIn changed the rules, then what? If they, if they freeze you out, what are you going to do? Mm. You know, your mm. pockets aren't as deep as theirs. So there is a risk associated with that. But then, you know, you've got to kind of tread the line because if you're someone like you or me who – deals in helping people grow on linkedin you can't really avoid the platform you know it's it's a really core part of the business so you've got to kind of play nice with them and um and, and hope they don't have a fit of caprice and decide to ban you for no good reason but we know enough people they'd start shouting and screaming wouldn't they one would bring hope back so john bring back well john. There, there's, there's something to say about strength in numbers with it. if you've got a community behind you what what i've found learning from people who have been banned in the past the best way to get yourself back on is to get other people to shout yeah <laughs> which, absolutely. Which, which doesn't feel fair that doesn't feel very egalitarian at all to me but that it does actually work so if you do get banned make sure you've got plenty of people who know your email address and who will fight your corner for you and um That'll probably get you back sooner rather than later. No, I love that. I love that bit of advice. So Jeremy's going around and getting questions from other people now. So this one's from Julia Birkin. She's a transformational life coach. I think LinkedIn is more valuable when you have the paid for version. As I don't have it much, as I don't have it, much of the best bits are not available to me. Or well, do I have this wrong? Yeah, see, I, I don't really agree with that because I was able to get to, although I now pay for LinkedIn, right? I was able to get to 34,000 followers without giving them a penny. And that was through optimizing my profile, creating helpful content, writing interesting comments and having, you know, 
fruitful DMs. And all of those things are free. So I, I kind of liken it a little bit to people saying, oh, should I upgrade my family car to a Ferrari? Well, maybe if you can afford it, great. But are you driving your family car as well as you could do? Like, are you a complete master at driving that family car? Because if you're not, you're, you're, you're going to waste your time a bit with getting that Ferrari. You're probably not ready for it. Or you might not need it. Uh, or maybe it's just a status symbol and you've got a nice gold badge and it's very expensive, but it's not making your life better in any way. So I, I would say most people probably don't need it. And I'd, I'd love to be a salesman for LinkedIn and say, yeah, everyone get this. It's great. But I, I think a lot of people don't need it. To be fair, a lot of the new things that they're releasing do seem to be focused towards people who've got a creator mindset or, or who have got a premium account. So it might well be the case that more and more it becomes more of an enticing proposition, like the premium custom button we talked about. If you were on the fence before and then that rocks up, you might go, okay, right, now is the time. And and, and that case is growing, but for a lot of people, they're, they're not optimizing what they've got for free. So mm, why yeah, bother absolutely. giving out 50 quid a month? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, so Kevin's just come in with a great answer as well. Uh, so you, I love your analogy of the Ferrari because that, that just makes so much sense. But... <laughs> Kevin's saying the best part of LinkedIn is free. The rest is icing on the cake. So if you want it, yeah. pay for it. Yeah. And I, th I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? But but you and you and I are, are hammering LinkedIn because you can only look at so many profiles a month, can't you? And because that's we're right. helping because we're helping people, we need yeah. to be able to do that, don't we? If you're going to look at a lot of profiles, or if you're going to search a lot of profiles, you're going to have a hard time doing that on the free account. But most people don't do that, and in which case they, they wouldn't need it for that reason. But if you're one of those people who hits commercial search limits, then you've probably got a very good reason for doing that, in which case £50 a month is probably a no-brainer for, for having that facility, in which case, you know, you're a perfect candidate for it. But most people are not in that in that, in that that zone. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, I love this. I love this question from Kim. I used to do a monthly LinkedIn Live, but found it incredibly difficult to get folks to attend. Um, I would post about it all week. No one would show up. And if I manually invited people, which was incredibly te tedious and time incentive, uh, I'd easily get a few dozen attendees. Have you found any better ways to run these? Um, invite superstars like John on, Kim. <laughs> that makes it dead easy. Well, I, I can see an analog here. I can't talk about live stream hosting because I've almost never do it. And you, you're better speaking to, to this than I am, Ashley. But the analog I've got here is for company pages. Now, you can do a load of blank company page invitations by ticking a load of boxes, and that invites people to follow your company page. But your hit rate will be minuscule if you do that. If you were to DM people and give them a a reason for following the company page and have a personal conversation with them. That's loads more labor intensive, but your hit rate is going to be much, much higher. And so it doesn't surprise me at all at what Kim's just said about getting people on your live show. It's a, it's a kind of a mass DM campaign behind the scenes. No one ever sees it, but you're putting that legwork in to get people on the show. Um, it's a lot of effort to get eyeballs these days and it's in, becoming increasingly harder. So you just got to kind of, I think you've got to suck that up. And, and say, look, if I want people on my show, um, I'm going to have to do the legwork to, to, to get this in front of them at the right time. It also depends on why you're doing the live, though. Hey, John? Uh, well, I mean, you, do, you want people to see it. Ideally, you want your ideal clients to see it. But, you know, all that visibility is, is, is just conferring kind of authority on you because you're being visible when most people aren't.
Mm-hmm. So you do really want to get that word out that you're you're taking time out of your day to try and help people, um, and you're being visible. And I think that's um, that's just a massive value. Yeah. But the other benefit is I turn this into a podcast. So just the sort of thing that you love talking about with content is repurposing it. So this this will become an evergreen podcast as well. So um, may, maybe rethink it, Kim. And and it's also about the consistency because if you're if you keep doing something regularly 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 that will all come through hey right that that is it john we've come we've come to the end of half an hour that was the 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 um the quickest the quickest show ever i've got one quick question here contemplating sponsoring some content uh to get a right wider reach but fear that this step would never connect i can even say this negatively impact an already decent organic reach i.e once you pay you can't go back to organic what an absolutely fantastic question. Yeah, from I mean, the, the only advice I've had on that is that the things that you boost should be things that would already perform well organically. So if you gave it absolutely no love uh, financially, it would still perform well. That's the perfect thing to boost because then it could potentially go stratospheric and go well beyond your network. Because once you start getting engagement from people outside your network, even if they've seen it as an ad, that can accelerate the visibility of that content and you're not actually paying for that extra boostage. Um, so so focus on, I, I think, do your research on what comments and what posts have worked well for you in the past and then identify that as the thing that you want to boost. Personally, I don't use this. We're doing a little bit of it for the conference, but I, I personally don't boost anything. Um, but that, that's the best advice I've had. Boost only the things that are going to perform well anyway. Yeah, no, good idea. Yeah, it's like it's like putting decent fuel in your Ferrari, not in your um, whatever you other car you're driving. Anyway, so thank you, John. Thank you so much for joining me for my very first episode. Thank you to everybody for all your absolutely amazing questions, comments, and stuff like that. It's been brilliant. Uh, next week, I have got Mary uh, Wu. She is coming in all the way from the States, so she'll be getting up bright and early. Um, but I've also got some amazing guests coming up as well. I've got Elaine Godley, I've got Mark Williams, Odessa Sherrard, Tina Javitt, and Lucy Griffiths all coming up in the next few weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. So thank you very much, John. Last word from you. Well, fantastic. Thank you for having me on the first show. Really, that, that I appreciate the, the invite and the trust that you've got, and you've got some excellent guests coming up. So I'm looking forward to it. And good luck with growing your YouTube channel because you're, you're a good guy and you deserve all the success in the world. Oh, bless you. Thank you, John. Thanks, everybody. Cheerio. See you next week. Bye-bye. There we go. That's the end of another show. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe, start downloading, and tell everybody else that you like this podcast. If you want to reach out, if you've got any questions, I'm always on LinkedIn. I'm the 15-minute guy. You can find me dead easy. It's Ashley Leeds. And you can find me on my website at www.just.15mins.day. And on there, you'll find loads of free resources and ways to contact me and book a meeting with me. So thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.